That's the question we're going to attempt to answer today, Easter Sunday, 2017. Does death die? 1 Corinthians 15, 26 tells us the last enemy of every man, woman, child is death. The, the last enemy that all of us someday are going to have to face is death. Sobering exercise for the adventurous and the bold. There is a website called deathclock.com. Deathclock.com. You type in the day you were born, the month, the year of your birth, your sex, uh, your outlook on life. You might need to ask somebody, am I an optimist, a pessimist, uh, normal? I think they even have a sadist. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody ever checks that. But anyway, uh, then you say whether you smoke or not, uh, they'll help you calculate your BMI, which is your body mass index. Based on my profile, tells me that on Friday, April 28th, 2045, at the ripe old age of 86 years, 6 months, and 30 days, my heart will cease to beat, my lungs will cease to breathe, my brain will no longer be waving at anybody. Uh, again, that's a guess. We know Psalm 139, verse 16, the Lord has our days numbered. But this, this little website just makes you think, you know what, Jeff, someday... This is a guess, but someday you're going to die, Jeff. You're going to die. Even young whippersnappers like Pastor Brandt. Uh, th this is his uh, website, deathclock.com, uh, and it says that on Wednesday, November 30th, 2078, and he, it says, 88 years, one month, and two days old on a Wednesday uh, is going to die. <laughs> Most of us, when we think about death, uh, we really don't know what to say. We don't really know what to do. I've discovered we usually either want to change the subject or just ignore it and hope what? Maybe it'll go away. <laughs> Maybe I won't have to think about it anymore. Maybe the subject will just move away and it'll just something I won't have to think about. But the old saying is true. Nothing is certain except for death and what? That's interesting because that was yesterday, right? Yeah. Well, you, you might be able to fool the IRS at least for a time. But nobody has ever escaped death. Think about it. You can, you can play fast and loose with a tax man, but you can't play fast and loose with a death man. Like it or not, here's the truth that you need to know and you need to believe. We're all going to die. Happy Easter, everybody. <laughs> aren't, aren't you glad you came today? Yeah, yeah. Some of you are thinking, well, why all this death talk on Easter Sunday morning? I thought Easter was supposed to be a happy holiday. Uh, the reason that we celebrate Easter, track with me for a moment, is because a man has died. That's the whole point of Easter. A man dies and they put him in a grave, but death could not hold him and keep him dead. So for all of us, it's not a matter of if we're going to die. It's just a question of when. 
It's not a question of if you are going to eventually die. You're going to die, Balcony. We're all going to die. It's just a matter of when. Just a matter of when. So how does the death of Jesus change thing to things for the death clocks of Pastor Brandt and myself? How does Jesus' death and what he did in not being confined by the grave, what difference does the fact that the grave could not hold Jesus make a difference for you and for me? I'm going to give you the answer right now, and we're going to spend the rest of our time here expanding on it, okay? Here it is. Death can die because Jesus didn't stay dead. You want to say it with me? Death can die because Jesus didn't stay dead. That, that's the answer. Death can die because Jesus arose from the dead. We're going to examine a real-life event found in the Gospel of John, chapter 11, and it helps explain how death can die. If you're able, would you stand with me? We're going to read out loud together the first seven verses of John's Gospel, chapter 11. Ready? Let's all read together. Here we go. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for uh, inspiring uh, this verse and this section for us. And thank you for Resurrection Sunday. Thank you for each and every person who made the effort to get here to your church. And I pray for your blessing on each and every one of them. And I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to celebrate the greatest demonstration of power in all of history when your son literally, bodily, physically arose from the dead. Thank you for preserving this wonderful section. Thank you, Lord, that we learn a lot as we watch your son interact with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Enable us this morning, Lord, to understand clearly how death can die in our lives. We invite your spirit to take charge in your church this morning. Help us to tune in. Uh, Lord, help us to listen closely to your prompts and your whispers as we study your word together. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with resurrection joy, you can be seated. John 11 and verse 3. <laughs> uh, they send word to Jesus, the Lord, Lord, the one you love is sick. Wouldn't you like it if you knew someone could just say, Jesus, the one you love, is sick, and everyone would know instantly you're talking about Lazarus. That's a close friend. Uh, Jesus knew when they said that to him exactly who 
he was talking about. And just in case you missed it, it's like John repeats it. Look at verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus. In case you didn't get it, it's clear Jesus agapeoed his friends. He loved them with a sacrificial, unconditional love. Jesus agapeoed Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. Now, why is that important? Look at verse 6. Then you'll understand uh, because Jesus then lingers, loiters, finds other stuff to do for two more days. Isn't that interesting? Jesus doesn't rush home even though he has word that his friend that he loves deeply, Lazarus, is deathly ill. Now, Jesus could have uh, rounded up 13 fast horses, wouldn't you agree? And giddy-upped his way back to Bethany. But he didn't do that. He waits. He doesn't rush back to save his friend's life. Verse 4, This sickness of Lazarus will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory that God's Son may be glorified through what's about to happen. No, I'm not going to rush back. Uh, God's going to do something really special. It's going to be really hard on my friend Lazarus. It's going to be really awful for his sisters, but God's going to do something really amazing. Which just kind of tells us that the love of Jesus for his friends, the love of Jesus for his children is not a pampering and spoiling type of love. Jesus has a perfecting and a refining love for those who follow him. You tracking? Because sometimes if Jesus doesn't do it just the way we think he should do, we think he's mad at us. He doesn't love us anymore. But you need to understand, you see here very clearly, the love Jesus has for his children is a perfecting and a refining agape. Verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and to Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Slide down to verse 32. Uh, Mary says the very same thing. Mary heads out to Jesus and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Basically, they're saying, Jesus, it's too late. You, you took too long. You, you waited and you lingered far too long. And now our brother is dead and his body is decaying. If you go to verse 39... Um, it says there's a bad odor in the tomb. Everybody knows when there's a bad odor in the tomb, it, it's too late. That body's not coming back. Verse 25, Jesus said to Martha, this is huge, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Martha, uh, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. Verse 26, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? 
That's huge. That's huge. Let's get another run at that so you can let it kind of grab a hold of you and get, get on your hard drives. Jesus said to Martha, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though that person might die physically, verse 26, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe that, church at Walloon? Do you believe that? Now, Jesus didn't say, Martha, there's a resurrection coming, and it's going to be a while, but there's a resurrection coming, and just be patient, because that day will come. What does Jesus say? I am the resurrection and the life. <laughs> and you need to realize that the way you experience eternal life, life that doesn't end, it's through me. And if you skip to John chapter 20, verses 1 to 16, you see that Jesus does indeed rise from the dead. He is the resurrection and the life. And that guarantees, listen close, that all who believe in Jesus wouldn't stay dead either. All who believe in Jesus won't stay dead either. Now we like to think that today we're living in the land of the living. Wouldn't you think so? Today I'm, I'm alive, so certainly I'm living in the land of the living. The only problem with that is, Pastor Brant, you and I's death clocks, <laughs> they're slowly ticking down, you know? 2045 doesn't feel like that far away, huh? Yeah, it's like, whoa, to D-Day, to Death Day. And when life is over, when our hearts quit beating and our lungs quit breathing, then we are transferred, I would argue, to the real land of the living. This is the land of the dying, truly. We're all dying uh, a second at a time. But we get transferred to the real land of the living. Now, now, either we're going to be transferred to the land of hope and eternal joy face-to-face -face for all of eternity with Jesus Christ, new heaven and the new earth. Or we're going to get transferred to the place of eternal judgment, forever separated from Jesus Christ and all the good stuff that He's creating for those who love Him. So, uh, we're all going to get transferred to the real land of the living, and, and we're all either going to live face-to-face -face with Jesus in the most amazing place that you can even imagine, or to the place that's so awful you can't even imagine how ugly and awful it's going to be. So here's the question. What's the requirement for entrance into this resurrection life? What's the requirement? And, and most people say... Ready? About 70% of Americans, if, if you ask them, how do you get into that new heaven and the new earth, eternal joy, eternal rest? How do you get there? About 70% of Americans, here's the answer. Ready? Just be a really good person. Be, be really, really nice. And don't kick your cat. And, 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 and be nice to the, the, the people around you, and hopefully someday in the great scale in the sky, you'll have a little bit more good stuff than you do bad stuff, and surely the Lord will let you into his heaven. About 70% of Americans think that's how you get to heaven. Listen close. Jesus Christ didn't come to earth 
to make bad people good. Jesus Christ came to earth to make dead people alive. And if you're taking notes, that's a really good thing to write down. Because that makes all the difference. Otherwise, anybody who thinks they're good, they're just fine. They're going to march right in. But, but Jesus said, no, no, all of us are born spiritually dead, even the nicest person here today. Look around. Who do you think the nicest, goodest person around you? Go ahead. You can look around. Look behind you. You know, Pick somebody. Who do you think is the nicest, most good, moral person in here? And here's what I can tell you. Whoever you are, you can hold your hand up if you think it's you. And I will argue you got a problem with pride, and now you've fallen short. There's only one requirement for entrance into resurrection life. Believe that Jesus took the hit for you on the cross. He absorbed all of your sin and all that you've fallen short. He absorbed that for you on the cross. Are you ready? And then early on Sunday morning, he arose from the dead, making resurrection and eternal life possible for us. So that's how you get resurrection life. It's believing Jesus arose. And at the moment of your death, you'll rise as well. Which means death can die because Jesus didn't stay dead. Say it with me. Death can die. Why? Because Jesus didn't stay dead. Now, let's say all of these wonderful flowers from... uh, the Seagrist Greenhouse. Uh, free little advertisement. Thanks, Dave and Eva. Um, what, what if they came loaded with some big old bumblebees today? Believe it or not, that's happened a time or two. Um, and, and now there's uh, a dozen bumblebees, and they're a little upset, and they're not happy to see all of you today. And they're buzzing. And uh, how many of you, if that really was going on, would be upset if there were bumblebees diving around here, a dozen of them up in the balcony as well. Anybody up in the balcony? Uh, How many of you would actually be in danger because the poison, the venom, is hazardous to your health? Yeah. Some of you carry around an expensive little pin, don't you? Uh, Just in case. Okay? So let's take that, that scenario now and let's put you in a car going 70 miles an hour. And you turn the heat on in the car, and sure enough, it flushes out an agitated bumblebee. And you're extremely allergic, and you're going 70, and there's no good place to pull over. Uh, So now that's not good, and there's a little bit of panic going on, and you know that bee at any moment may just sting you, but your friend reaches out and grabs the bee, and when the friend grabs the bee, what's the bee going to do to him? And now the stinger and the venom of that bee is in your friend's hand. They took the sting, they took the poison, and now he's got the stinger and he's got the venom and he has the swollen hand and not you. The bee is no longer a threat to you. Your friend took the venom on your behalf. Give me your eyes. That's exactly what Jesus has done for us. That's exactly what Jesus took the sting of death for us on the cross. 
the consequences for our sin is death. The wages of sin is eternal death. But death can die because Jesus died for us. Jesus took the sting on our behalf. He demonstrated the greatest love, the greatest agape in all of history. And then Jesus literally, bodily, physically arose from the dead. Now we can live with him. Just like he said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Church at Walloon Lake, do you believe this? That's, that's the key question of life. Do you believe this? I'm going to share a true, true story as we close. Um, and I argued with the Lord quite, uh, quite profusely, um, and, and I think he wants me to share it because faith can break through in the strangest places at the strangest and most unique times in our lives. Phone rang at our house about 9.30 at night. Um, I answer the phone. A young man from church who came occasionally is named William, and William is crying. And I can hardly understand. I said, William, you're going to have to repeat that. He said, Pastor Jeff, would you please go to the nursing home? My grandpa Lyle is dying, and I don't think he knows Jesus. Please go see him. And I said something about, I'll, I'll go first thing in the morning. And William says, would you please go right now? And I'm mumbling something uh, like, you couldn't have come up with this eight, ten hours ago. Yeah, pastors think that way. Uh, and, 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 and I'm thinking, I, I think I'm going to, and I talked to Denise, and she agrees, yeah, you should probably go. So I'm, I'm up at what used to be Bort's nursing home. I don't remember the name now. But anyway, it, it's after 10 at night, and I'm buzzing because it's locked up. And I'm ringing the bell. Can I help you? Yes, uh, I'm Pastor Jeff from Walloon Lake Church. And uh, William, Lyle's grandson, called me, and they asked me, can I please come tonight? And you could just tell the lady saying, okay, buzzes me in, I go in, and uh, so she's looking it up, and, and she calls the nurse in Lyle's area, and then she says, Lyle has been unresponsive for the last three days. Um, he's kind of comatose, but you can go talk with him. I remember she said he, you know, he might still be able to hear you. So the room is dark, I walk into Lyle's room, a little night light, but I switch on the table lamp, maybe a 40-watt lot, light bulb next to Lyle's bed, and I start my pitch. Hi, Lyle. I'm Pastor Jeff from Walloon Lake Church, talking kind of loud. Maybe you can hear me. Your grandson, William, asked me to come and see you and talk to you about Jesus. So I'm about to continue on, and Lyle stirs a bit and cracks his eyes open a bit, and with a raspy voice, he says, Thanks for coming to see me. I'm going, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> True story. I don't have a lot of these, but this one I don't forget. So for the next half hour, I talked to Lyle about Jesus Christ. I 
say, Lyle, Jesus came and took on a human body, and he did that for you, Lyle. Do you believe that? And he looks at me, just uh, very, very squinted eyes. Yes. Jesus, Lyle, went to the cross, and he took those nails in his hand and his feet, and he did that for you, Lyle. Do you believe that? And he says, yes, Jesus Lyle, he shed his blood on that cross to wash and cleanse all of your sins, all the sins you've ever committed. Uh, he was in his 80s, all your 80-year sins. Do you believe that, Lyle? He looks at me and says, yes. Jesus, after, they, after he died, Lyle, they put him in a grave. Uh, but early on Sunday morning, Lyle, he didn't stay dead. He literally, physically, bodily arose from the dead for you, Lyle. Do you believe that? Um, he says, yes. <laughs> and, and I say to him, because it came to my mind, I remember. I said, you know, Lyle, you're just like a thief on the cross. And then I explain a little bit. The, one of the thieves on the cross came to faith in Jesus. I said, you're, you're just kind of like that thief. And, and, and he nods with me. I said, Lyle, will you right now receive Jesus as your Savior and your King? And Lyle said, yes. And I led him in prayer. And he prayed to receive Jesus as his Savior and his Lord. And uh, I get up uh, to leave, and Lyle thanked me for coming. And he said, I feel much better. Thank you. And I shut off the lamp, and I left. Okay, next afternoon, William calls me and tells me that his grandpa Lyle had died. And he reports to me that the nursing staff told him that his grandpa never regained consciousness. I said, oh, William, <laughs> oh, William, <laughs> I got a story. I, I went to see your grandpa last night, and I have great news. <laughs> your grandpa woke up, and we talked for like a half hour. And he said, really? And I said, and he said, yes to Jesus. And he said, yes, I want to follow Jesus, and I believe and, and William, I got good news. I believe that your Grandpa Lyle is very much alive. And I believe that your Grandpa Lyle is resurrected with Jesus right now. Now, <laughs> Lyle lived for 80 plus years without knowing Jesus. And on the last night of his life, I think Jesus woke him up. That's all I can say. Uh, and his heart was soft, and his mind was clear. Can I, can I suggest to you that that's rare? That's why this story is a little creepy, because that's rare. Not normally does someone wake up and is clear and lucid, and after 80 years, ready to respond. So I would just say to you right now, don't Don't wait. Don't wait, don't, don't hope that you'll wake up at just the right moment and your heart will be soft and your mind will be clear. I'm telling you the most important decision in life is what will you do with this Jesus? Death can die because Jesus didn't stay dead. You want to say it one more time with me? Death can die because Jesus didn't stay dead. Changes everything. It can change everything for you.
Let's pray. Here's the choice, and it's a choice that every one of us must make. Are you going to say, no thank you, Jesus. I think I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to make my own rules. I think I'll handle life just fine on my own. Been doing uh, okay up to this point. I'm going to continue on. That is option number one. And many, if not most, say, yeah, that's the choice I'm going to go with. But the great news is that death can die for you today. You can say like Lyle did, Jesus, um, I'm ready today to acknowledge that you absorbed the sting of my sin. Jesus, I believe that you shed your blood so that I can be washed and cleansed and forgiven. Jesus, I believe that early Sunday morning you arose from the dead so that I, too, can arise and be with you face-to-face for all of eternity. So, so would you just pause for just a moment? And honestly reflect on which of those two choices is the reality in your life right now. Could be like 70% of Americans, you've thought, if you're just good and nice and moral, that your good works will gain you entrance into eternal life with Jesus. If that's true, what Jesus did on the cross was unnecessary. And I would argue Jesus didn't waste his life by going to the cross, allowing those nails to go through his hands and his feet, shedding his blood, Going into that tomb, arising from the dead, that was all real. And acknowledging that what Jesus has done is for you, is what gains entrance into the new heaven, new earth. That's what starts a brand new personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So Jesus, would you show each and every person here today, Easter Sunday 2017, make it clear which road we've been on. On the good works, I'll do it my own way. I'll be my own boss. Am I on that road? Or am I on the road that started at the cross where Jesus took the stinger my sin, where Jesus took my place in that tomb, where Jesus arose from the dead so that I too might have victory over death. Anybody here say, you know, uh, I think I've been on the wrong road. I think I took the wrong turn. I think
Like I've believed that being nice and good and moral, that, that was enough. I need to do the U-turn right now. I need to get back on the right road, the road that God's Word says leads to eternal life. I've been on the wrong road, Pastor Jeff, but today I, I need to get on the right road, that, that road that Jesus has paved for me, the, the road that he built on the cross and in that empty tomb to eternal life. Please slip up your hand. I just would like to pray with you, pray for you. I'm not going to make you stand. I'm not going to make you come forward. Just right where you're seated. You, you can make that choice, yes. Others of you, today, we get on the right road. We get on the road, Lord Jesus, that you paved for me. Anybody else? Yep. A couple hands up in the balcony. Anybody else? Jesus, been on that wrong road, and, and I want death to die for me. I realize it only happens when I believe that you are the resurrection of life for me. Anyone else? Easter Sunday, 2017. Best decision that you'll ever make. Those of you who just raised your hand, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with you just like I did with Lyle. And here are the facts. You ready? Jesus, I believe you took my place on that cross. Right where you're seated, you can say, I believe that. And Jesus, I believe that you shed your blood for my sin problem. You took the stinger from that old bumblebee called death. You did that for me. You took my place in the grave. And Jesus, right now, I want you to know, I believe that early on Sunday morning, you didn't stay dead. I believe you arose from the dead and you did that for me. Right now, by faith, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior, my King, my forever friend. Follow you all the days of my life, no turning back. This is for keeps. Thank you, Lord, for being that victor over death. And Lord, we realize that death can die because of what Jesus has done. Because Jesus wasn't defeated by death. We praise you for that. Thank you for Easter Sunday morning, 2017. Thank you, Lord, for uh, those who made the choice to get on the right road. And Lord, if there are others who are, who are thinking about it, Lord, would you just keep nudging and knocking and, and inviting them to get on your road? says it all. Jesus paid it all. 
got time for the long version. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Let's stand together. Let's worship Lord Jesus as we close.